Megan. Hey, Michelle. Welcome to Sisters. Sisters. They were never such, such devoted, devoted sisters. sisters. Oh. We're so cute. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so adorable. Oh my goodness. Well, I am so happy to to be in the land of neurodiversity with you. Yes. <laughs> my we land. might even might even call it Megoland. Oh <laughs> Megoland. <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about sensory things. And I always think when we think about all of us kind of react to our senses differently, right? But mm-hmm. one I wanted to kind of bring up to you is something I wanted you to just listen to. Uh-oh. Okay. And I'm just going to do something right now. And I just I just oh. want you to... Ready? I'm terrified. Okay. No! <laughs> <laughs> so the story I'm remembering is you telling me about your husband, who's an adorable human. Yeah. And he is on his computer. Okay, and I blame this on you, actually, because you are the one who bought him. That's true. His computer, put it together, first of all. That's true. Did it all, got him everything, but you got him the loudest keyboard in the world. Yeah, it's a new thing. It's like a trending, well, not newish, but like it's- To it's try a, to make it sound like a typewriter yeah, or what? That's a, that's a thing. They oh. like They want mechanical keyboards. <laughs> I, you know, don't ask me. Yeah. But that's what the nerds love. They love it. Okay. So this thing is clickety clackety clickety clack. He is just an avid typer writer. when he gets home. He's writer. A writer. Yeah. yeah. And so he's always typing, typing, typing. Yeah. And, and you were kind of like, you know, jokingly, but on the brink of divorce. Correct. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were like that damn thing. So for you sounds like what happens? And, and then mm. I, I want us to kind of like, dive into that, you know, as we do. But I want to take us back to a story of you as a kid. So, okay, so I'm just remembering, Uh-oh. you know, here your your husband years later is clickety clacking and you're about to kill him. Yeah. And I'm remembering to- completely brought back to this time in your life when you were first starting school. Mm. And I remember you telling me when you would take a test in school, that if somebody even dropped a pencil, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. Like you couldn't remember anything else you were supposed to write down about that test. Yeah. And I remember thinking, what? I mean, people draw pencils all the time. Like, how do you ever take a test? Yeah. <laughs> well, first off, that's why I was getting D's and C's. Like, I think a C was the highest I ever got in that school. Wow. How old are you? Um, seven. Okay, so you're getting C's and you're seven. Yeah. Well, I think mostly D's. Wow. That was the school that had contracts. Oh, at right. First grade. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it was the way we, when it was, you were in first grade. I didn't start that school till I was later. It was like fourth no, grade. No, there was a contract in but first there grade. But was, there was a, on the board, the old chalkboards when I was there, and they would write down like chalkboard after chalkboard after like three chalkboards full of things you had to do. And you had to write out what, what each thing was on a paper by the time you were in fifth grade. Oh, dang. Or third grade or something. And so we would write. They didn't even photocopy. They're like, no, we don't photocopy here. Maybe they did for you guys as kids. Yeah, I got a photocopy of my contract. So I had a teacher there that you had to also spell everything correctly and I am not a great speller, so but I will tell you this right now. 
I remember how to spell environment because of this trauma. Seriously, like, oh, yeah. So I write out this whole contract, pages and pages and pages, right? Circled in big red is environment, spelled incorrectly. Go back. Not do I just rewrite that part. I had to rewrite the whole thing. I'm only saying this to talk about the draconian nature of the school you were at, okay? But anyway, I wrote it out. Jeez. I hand it back in. I spelled it wrong again. Oh, no. (laughs) And I just remember her looking up at me. She was our fifth and sixth grade uh, social studies and I think religion or something at the time, right? And she looked up and she said, there is iron in environment, Miss Mayadusky. Oh. oh. Third time I did get it correct. So it's in- iron, iron, environment. E-N-V-I-R-O-N-I-R-O-N-M-E-N-T. Okay. There's iron. Yeah. Yeah. So the third time you write that contract, you remember. So I'm thinking of you at this school. Yeah. And I mean, it was harsh. I mean, it was timed multiplication tables, back to basics, very regimented. Yeah, it was like a college prep school, right? Yeah. Basically. I guess in K-8, yeah, like they wanted to go to college by eighth grade. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, here you are with sounds really distracting you. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm trying to think of you as a kid trying to take a test, like what that would have been like for you. It it was gnawing at me. Like it mm. sounds taunt me. Oh, they taunt you. Yeah. Okay. I abhor a clock. Oh, like a click, click, click. Any yeah, click, clock. click, click. Is, I don't I don't like a grandfather clock either. Yeah, no, it's not just even a grandfather clock. Like mm. it can be a circular clock that's on the wall. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that the wall acts as a diaphragm oh. and it actually, so the, the second is ticking. Yeah. So any kind of a ticking clock. Yeah. It drives me absolutely crazy. Like I can't not hear it because it's just so consistent and it's Even so, if people are talking in the room, you can't not hear it? If once I start hearing it, oh. if, if the decibels of the people talking are not loud enough to drown out that sound. You're going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. Interesting. If there's just like us talking right now, like if there there was a clock in here, Mm -hmm. I would maybe not hear it while we were talking. But then if we took a break, a a little lull in the conversation, so to speak, yeah, then I would hear it, and then I wouldn't be able to hear what you were saying next. Okay, so it it would completely absorb your attention at that moment. Yeah. Well, it's so bad that because I also have really good hearing. Mm -hmm. You do, and it's so bad to the point like my freshman year in college. My poor roommate, who was my best friend at the time, mm-hmm. she had a watch. Mm-hmm. So our beds were right next to one of the desks. Mm-hmm. But the desk itself was kind of in like a little hutch, sort of like, like what is this right here in the room, Michelle? Um, so, I mean, I would kind of think of it like a closet that didn't have any doors on it. Yeah. So right? there was like a desk that was in, in this space. An inset space. Yeah. And so what happens when you have an inset space, as I learned, because I did sound design. Right. Is that you create a natural diaphragm. Okay. So this little tiny watch, it was like no And a diaphragm bigger. amplifies the sound, makes it louder. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so this little watch that was no bigger then maybe a nickel <laughs> was on her desk mm. and I could hear it at night. Oh my gosh. To the point like, and it would it would tick on the wood oh. and then the wood would then amplify it 
in, in it resonated the, through the wood like it was like a instrument yeah like a violin but yeah. a really annoying one and at this point and can you still like i i see your arms like your whole shoulders scrunching up when you're talking about it yeah i hate i hate the sound of ticking clocks wow because it just never stops and it seems mm. like once I hear it, it gets louder and louder and louder and it just mm. bores into my brain. Like one of those movies where it's like the, yeah. the horror scene. It's a torturous thing. Interesting. And at the time, I didn't know how to talk about it. Mm. I had learned from observation is that whenever I had an issue, so like if I were to say, hey, Michelle, your watch is driving me crazy, mm. then not that's you, but like the the person I would be talking to would take offense. Right that it was their watch. It's, it's not their watch. It's not, it's not them. It's me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a good way of saying, hey, this is just who I am. Like, I'm really sorry for this, but like, I need to make some kind of a change. And so eventually I put it on a towel hmm. and that helped to kind of absorb the sound. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to discuss it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I, you know, I'm sure that was part of the reason like that her and I had a falling out because I'm like, I just couldn't, I couldn't express to her all of the things that were going on in my brain. Mm. And living with me is really, really hard. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I lived with you. That's true. You did. <laughs> That's true. And and it isn't hard because you're like a hard person per se, but all the things that are difficult for you, it's hard because they're invisible. Right. And seemingly, right? And there I mean, wasn't a good way to talk about no, it. No, and we had no we had no communication skills to do that right. growing up. No. And the problem is that like for me, especially back then, this thing is literally torturing me. Right. And again, like we talked about before where you have some kind of like a bottle yeah. that it has pressure in it. Coke bottle or a something. Coke bottle, right? yeah. yeah. And like the Coke bottle like gets it 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 gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so this torture would just fester inside of me. And I think I you talked about it like shaking up the Coke bottle. Yeah. And like that ticking was shaking up the bottle. The ticking was, I think, a little bit of it. Mm. I think the ticking is sort of like the cap that kind of puts that like just sort of... Keeps it, that it pressure. Keeps the pressure. It keeps the contents there. But then my brain would listen to it and know that it had no way to fix it. And it would just keep getting worse and worse. And I would be more and more tortured. And that was the thing that shook it up. Mm. Is that I couldn't just accept and acknowledge that this is who I am. And I need to fix this. Like I would literally sit there and just think terrible thoughts about myself. Like, mm. you know, you're such an idiot. But you're such a fucking horrible person because you're bothered by a, the watch. Oh, so you blamed yourself. Yeah. And shamed yourself for like, the fact that this was a problem for you. And that, in my mind, is the shaking, mm. right? I still get annoyed, mm-hmm. but I can always like twist the cap a little bit mm. and I can find other ways to, to cope with it. But it was the way that I would talk to myself and having not having an outlet to know that that was just me. Mm. And I just kept thinking like, God, if I was just somebody else, my life would be so much easier. Yeah. If, you're, if you were someone else. It was like, this shouldn't bother me. This shouldn't bother me. Yeah. I can see that because there's so many things that do bother you. Yeah. And it would be endless to try to explain all of them sometimes, I would think, or yeah. feel like it might be endless, although important too. Yeah. And and also knowing that like, 
it's not the other person's fault. Hmm. I think either was, side. Yeah, either way. It wasn't her fault for putting her watch on a table and it wasn't your fault that it was bothering you. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that for me, I on my end at least, I definitely escalated things because I was saying such horrible things to myself mm. that I think I exploded in ways that I don't now. But you know, I was I was emotionally hard to live with too. Mm. Like I'm remembering, you know, when I lived with the boys, I had one best friend who was best friends with another guy. So like we all lived together, and it was the house that you actually had before on wilson street yeah we rented it to you guys yeah and the way that the duct system worked it was like i think from an old it wasn't an ac it was like a swamp cooling duct system so they were Mm -hmm. bigger Mm -hmm. christopher would be there playing his piano Mm. and it's all on his ears so there's no music coming he had his headset on yeah but but the sound of the piano because like it was a weighted piano you could hear it like all the time or you know Ryan had his computer he was clicking on or whatever it was. And so like, I remember just getting so frustrated because it was again, like just this like nonstop constant noise. Mm. And I blew up one day. I blew up a couple of times, but then there was one night where they finally blew up at me and they're like, you know, we've been trying, like, there's nothing we can do to solve it. Like, it's just, it's, this is like wrong with you. Mm. And I was like, wait, you've been trying. Mm. They're like, yeah, we've been like trying our best to like to be quiet and nothing's ever good enough for you. And I was like, Oh, as soon as I knew they were trying, wow, the sound was a lot less. Interesting. So there's an emotional connection of not feeling heard or not feeling seen. Yeah, with what it is you've got going to. I I well, want it when you're a kid. If if you're in the classroom and the clock is ticking, yeah, and the teacher can't hear it, then they tell you the clock's not ticking. It's not a problem. Just mm. forget about it and move on. Mm. And so after a while, when people tell you that enough, you start to think that you're crazy. Yeah. And that like, it shouldn't bother you. Mm. I just started building that up even more and more. I'm like, okay, well, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't, this shouldn't bother me, but it did. And so I didn't understand that. And so whenever I would like, just would go back and forth, like, Megan, this shouldn't bother you. Why the, why are you, I was just really awful to myself. Mm. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to like dig in a little bit, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm of what's happening I hear that you saying it's annoying you and that it gets louder and louder you talk a lot about like thinking in pictures Mm -hmm. so what are you thinking about and or feeling as you're hearing these ticking and and it sounds to me also like it gets louder and louder when you feel like you're not heard or when you feel like you have no control over it yeah that's true but what's what might be happening in your mind, if you might be able to describe that. I think the the same ability that I have where I can hyper-focus on something mm. also can be used in a negative way. So like when I think of the ticking, I am, when I'm really in the moment and in the zone, mm-hmm. like when people talk about like ADD people can be just focused, mm-hmm. it's almost like, all of my senses kind of go away mm. and I have this tunnel vision. I don't really always hear things or see things or whatever. It's like every ounce of my energy is focused onto that. Hmm. And 
that's a blessing and a curse. Because if there is a sound that is bothering me, then I get hyper-focused on that sound. Mm. And so I don't notice, like every ounce of my energy goes to that one thing. Mm, Like that vacuum effect of like, it's the black hole kind of sucking you in and you can't get away. Yeah. And the other thing that's hard too, like when we talk about sounds, there is some part of that where I see the same visual repeating itself. So at nighttime, one of the things we tried was to use a sound machine mm-hmm. in order to help. Like all the sounds would just, the little sounds here and there would be rough. And so a sound machine actually is a great idea. Mm-hmm. But the problem with some sound machines is that they have a loop. <laughs> and it's sometimes it's 30 seconds. Sometimes mm. it's 10 seconds, five. Okay, I will verify my understanding of this. Okay. Okay, when I was first dating Josh's dad, he lived with his brother. Okay. And his brother had a sound machine at night. And so his brother was off going to sleep. We were like in the living room hanging out, talking till late at night because we were like, you know, the beginning of our relationship. It was all very exciting. And no kidding, like every four minutes, you would hear this, So anyway, and it was this this tropical scene or whatever, you know, of tropical noises Mm -hmm. and running water and it all, but then there was this bird and the bird was every 45 minutes. Oh, only 45? Oh, that's good. So, I mean, but it was weird because you'd be in the middle of talking and you'd think like, where's that parrot? Like what, you know, and then you'd forget about it and you'd talk again and 45 minutes would go by. So that's how we kind of kept time to know, okay, it's now it's about 11.15. I probably should get home. So I'm not too tired tomorrow. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, you know, I think. But I agree like that. That sound machines mm -hmm. like came further along. Uh huh. Because like when I was growing up, they were maybe 20 seconds. Oh, at maybe 30 at most, but like they were really short. Interesting. And so it became... You would have been fine with 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have Because you would have been asleep already probably. Well, well no. because no, but... you had insomnia, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. But I think in essence, what happens is like when I'm hearing... So let's we'll say like rain drops. That was one of the ones I liked because it was mm-hmm. really soothing. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, it just sounded like noise, right? Like it just mm-hmm. sounded like that. But then as I lay there and I'm hearing it, I would start imagining the raindrops and where they might be falling to make the noises that they're making. Interesting. So if it's like a higher pitched, maybe there's a tin roof or, oh. you know, there's all these different places that like I've cataloged where rain sounds a certain way. Wow. So if it's a roof, let's say that it's hitting on, maybe there's a... a AC unit or something that's hitting it so it's a little bit higher pitched or there's a little dip in the roof somewhere Mm. and that's why it's a little bit lower Mm. or it's falling off of the eave and it's hitting somewhere else and the problem is that I would start seeing it and then I would realize that like okay so it goes from falling off the eaves then there's this like really quick AC one and then the dip like did it do boom did it do boom and then it became a pattern Mm that I could hear. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting. Like, it almost sounded melodic. Mm. And so I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I would hear the sounds. And then I would realize like, wait a second. I just heard that 20 seconds ago. 
And now you're and, thinking about the pattern and you're not relaxing. Right. Because so no patterns for you are relaxing, really. No, because then it becomes a ticking clock. Yes. It's just every 20 seconds, every 30 seconds that I hear. Wow. So what might help you with that? Because I feel like the world could be full of ticking clocks. Yes. <laughs> uh, there is an app that I use religiously. Mm. It's called White Noise. Okay. And it allows you to create a mix. Mm. So I legitimately have a mix that is part torrential downpour, part waves, and then part like meadow rain. Mm. So even if there is a loop, it's harder for me to recognize it because one minute there might be some lightning and then there's a wave crashing and then there's the cacophony of sound mm. there's never that moment of pause where my brain can realize like hey right after the lull this sound happens let me wait for the next lull to hear if the same sound happens or not there's no lull so you there's nothing gonna happen it's just all a wall of sound yeah and this was hard for me to even accept that that's something i did like when i met brian i always had white noise on Mm -hmm. But then I assumed that it might be upsetting for him. Mm. And so a lot of times I wouldn't play it. Interesting. Even though I needed it. Which is hilarious because we now know he's deaf. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's so true. I mean, luckily. Yeah. I mean, not luckily, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, Like he doesn't hear as well as I do. Mm -mm. But I just assumed that everyone... Heard, heard, heard that. <laughs> had hearing like yours. Had, yeah, yeah, I assumed that. Yeah. And I also assumed that, that my white noise might drive him crazy because maybe mm. he needed his own white noise. I had all these assumptions in my head that I didn't talk about because mm. I was already so scared at that point to ask anybody. Because you'd been repeatedly told, A, you're crazy and two, this doesn't matter and you're too sensitive and all yeah. the things. Yeah. And so I think I was working with my therapist and... I brought Brian in at one point because she's like, Brian, do you care if Megan plays this at night? And he's like, no. Mm. And like, okay, so even just like playing music, she's like, do you care if Megan plays music? And he's like, no, I don't care. It's like, whatever is going to make her happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's, so I play it now all the time. Mm. And oddly enough, it actually helps our dogs <laughs> because for Daisy, she who I'm, um, if you can hear like weird noises in the background, that's her. Yeah, um, she's Little a pug, very, very loud pug. Mm-hmm. But she gets freaked out by noises outside, mm. and so this wall-to-wall sound also helps her to feel safe because she's not. She can finally relax and is not on high alert. Interesting, interesting. So having that sound machine, but also having giving yourself permission to ask for it. Yeah originally with your counselor now sounds like you're also asking for things more yeah like you know when since we moved and we're in temporary lodging i was like okay well i mean you need to bring the the speaker he's like yep that's right for your white noise and i was like yep so he already knew i was like yep gotta bring the sound speaker yeah because like it was it's a no-brainer it's like yeah that's what you need i just love that you found him because years back you would say oh this person's this horrible person to live with and this person's hard to live with and this and at one point I was like, you know, Rosie, um, 
the only common denominator <laughs> with all those people. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you know, y- you. <laughs> like, and I, I didn't know if you were going to find anybody because I remember growing up with you. Not that you wouldn't find anyone who loved you. Lots of people love you, but live yeah. with you. Live with me. And yeah. live with you long term because I remember coming home from college and I, I think it was in our bathroom or something. And, and you were really upset with me that I had moved something mm-hmm. and I didn't even know I had moved it, you know, but you thought f- at the time that like I was doing it on purpose. Yeah. So I think there's sometimes that idea too of you understanding that not everyone thinks like you is as important as the other way around, right? That you came to that understanding that Brian didn't care. Yeah. And that it, there are things that he does care about. Mm-hmm. And so I try my best to, think about those yeah but a lot of the stuff that's in my head that I worry about it doesn't affect him yeah and I think it's such an important part for any anybody you know kid or adult who has been told for so long that who they are is not okay yeah that they have an outlet to talk to somebody about it and to be able to to connect with you know a therapist or a friend or some somebody to help them kind of work through that. Mm-hmm. What well, I told my therapist when I when I was interviewing her, I said, mm-hmm. you know, I need someone who's going to validate me because I had spent so long not being validated and saying, oh, you're crazy. And so that's one of the things that she does really well is that she validates wherever I am, that's where I am. Mm-hmm. And that's also part of the reason why she forces me to work on not justifying things because then that's a validation of the fact that like, no, this is just what I need. You're validating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in me doing that, it's gotten a lot easier to live with people mm. because, and to work with people. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm validating myself. I don't need them to do it. Mm-hmm. And I also know that like they can, they can do their own thing and it's okay. I, just, I, I, I react to it differently. I think. I think so. I think so. I think I think you're not as angry. Yeah, cuz I just felt like everybody was out to get me. Yeah. It felt like it was me against everybody. Yeah. That it was like just nothing I could do was right. And so like the one thing that I thought might be right, the one thing I could control, they're going to try to come in and fix it mm-hmm. and change it. And when you say come in and fix it, change it, what do you mean? Well, going back to the you being away, right? Mm-hmm. I finally had control over the bathroom and how I liked things. Mm. So you're coming in and not knowing it, but like you moving my hairbrush because I would stand at the sink mm. and in order to have the most efficient moment, I, you know, I'd have the soap on the left side so I can use my right hand to turn on the faucet. And Mm. then I would have my brush on the right hand side at the specific angle so that I could just pick it up really quickly and do my hair. I had everything set up so that my routine didn't, I didn't get distracted while I was doing my routine. Interesting. So then I didn't recognize like when you would come home that maybe you were just using the hairbrush. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, I was, I was like, oh, it's out. Okay, well, I'll I usually it. put it in the drawer, but okay, yeah. But then, so then it gets moved and it's like, okay, someone used my hairbrush. Mm. But also I didn't have a lot of control in general when I was that age. So mm. that was 
another aspect of it. But to recognize like, hey, this is where my things go. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say that is so different than what I couldn't do before. And for sound, you being able to control or uh, control is maybe the wrong word, but advocate and be able to determine what sounds or, or lack of sound or whatever it is, is something you can now articulate. You can tell people, you can let them know what you need and you know what you need more. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just, you know, I think there's still some justification that I do, especially if it's somebody I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's some sound. If I know the person, hopefully they know me well enough. If we've had the right experiences together, then yes, I don't. I, I, I might, you know, the, how do I put this? If I know a person, then I, I look at it as it's easier for me to ask them for a favor or ask them to stop something. Mm. But if I don't know the person, then yeah, I'll say to them like, hey, this is not you. This is totally me. Mm-hmm. This is my brain. Like thing that you're doing right now would be really helpful if you could, you know, if and I try to find a way not to say like, if you could not do that, I'd be like, hey, th- this sound is just really upsetting me right now. It has nothing to do with you. It's totally on me. Mm-hmm. But it would really help me if you could, like it would really help me if that sound could not happen. Mm. And I try to keep the word you, as you heard me, like as I'm stumbling over the word you, I try to keep the word you out of it now mm-hmm. and just let them know that it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. It's completely mine. Well, it's not your fault either. It's just something you need. Yeah. All right. It's not a fault thing, but I, I understand what you're saying though. And I and I, I think when you're saying that, it makes me think about how important it is to honor people's differences and to yeah. check in and to say, you know, to, to assume, I think you talked about this with Apple at one point, like assume positive intent, assume they're doing that because they want to listen to you. They want to pay attention. They want to attend. My whole entire focus is to attend to this conversation and to you. If this thing could be put away, then that would really help me. Yeah. I would imagine though you probably tried doing that and I'm thinking middle school mm. And how horrible because the whole goal would then be to torture you. Yeah. If you told people at some point in your life, they would use it against you. Yeah. No, they definitely would have. And so to have that vulnerability now probably takes a lot of courage. Yeah, it it has. I mean, I've spent a lot of time crying through it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. having, I mean, being, actually being on base and becoming a military spouse has I've had to advocate for myself in ways that um I wouldn't have expected and talking about like having an idea of what this person thinks I had a very clear idea of what I thought that these people thought mm. about me mm. and it just wasn't true hmm. that was all based in trauma so this very real issue that I have isn't really that big of a deal but it just feels like it's a much bigger deal in my head. Mm. And it, I don't and know. I think certain times in your life, it was a big deal. Yeah. And maybe now it's not as much because you're creating the life where your brain can live and be what it wants to be. Yeah. But I think when we're in school and we're put in these arbitrary situations, work situations where we don't have control over that and there's nobody, I wouldn't say nobody, but I mean, it's not common 
to make allowances for these things. No, it's not. I mean, right? to be able to take off a clock on a wall. Yeah. You know, I that, that was one of the things I asked when I worked at the boneyard. There was a clock in my cubicle. And that is a place on base. It's not some dirty. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's some weird thing yeah uh, it's yeah it's called a mark it's the it's the place where they they take all the planes when they yeah decommission where, them they yeah. joke about it. it's where planes go to die but they also <laughs> regenerate them now so yeah it's a cool situation they have out there but there was a giant ticking mm. clock in my cubicle mm. or like right next to my cubicle like it was like right on the wall mm. and it was really hard to ask a bunch of old ex-maintainers hey can i move this they would have a problem if i move this clock mm. And they were like, well, that's the clock I look at to be able to, you know, whatever it is. And I was like, well, can we just move it away from my cubicle? Because it's really loud and it's driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. And to ask that, oh, man, to ask Mm. a bunch of like ex-Air Force. (laughs) Like it has forced me to to really be okay with myself. And dig deep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and luckily I've had really good support and people who've cared about me like my friend latoya who was our wingman advocate i was like everything's wrong with me here and she's like megan we need you here mm. and it's okay to be you and to say what you need mm. and because i think it took me a couple of days to finally ask if the clock could be taken off the wall sure because i had just gotten there and i'm like i will not get any work done if that clock is right there yeah and it was the clock that everybody used and so i was like okay well can we put it over the doorway Mm-hmm. So it's at least a little further. I mean, it was like right next to my ear. Oh my God. Wow. So finding the things you needed, one of the things that I, going back to like clickety-clack of Brian, I remember saying to you, <laughs> you need to get these AirPods. Now, I am not doing this like as a promotional thing. Like I'm not, you know, selling these things. I don't make any money off them. But I said, you got to get these noise-canceling AirPods. Yeah, and which is so funny because you're the one who worked at Apple. So the fact that I was like suggesting, and I think you knew about them, no, but they're I knew, expensive, right? So, I, but I knew about them. But honestly, I, I've people have told me for a long time, like nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. Just wear uh, some earplugs. Mm. And I, the problem is that when you put on earplugs, then mm. you hear the sounds of your blood mm. in your brain, yeah, or in your skull. Like, so it's a different, your, it's a different ticking. Yeah. It's yeah. a totally different ticking, but it's still really loud. Mm. And so I just thought like, I'm not going to spend $200 on, you know, a really fancy pair of earplugs. That's yeah. just stupid. <laughs> Cause that's what I thought they would do. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah. How they're do like, they do that? They're like, I don't, there's like technology and shit. Jeez, man. Oh my God. It's like the future. <laughs> We're in the future, Michelle. <laughs> No, but they are, you know, and I thought, okay, well, at the very least, I'll have something to play some music and I can listen to like a podcast as I'm, you know, mm-hmm. cleaning or whatever it was. I thought, okay, well, at least there's that. And we'll see. I mean, I can always return them if I need to. Right. Life-changing. Yeah. Absolutely life-changing. Because I was listening to a podcast and I was like going through a grocery store and I don't know what I thought. Of, I was like, well, is there like some noise canceling thing I can try? <laughs> and then as soon as I turned all that on, it was like, <gasps> <gasps> it was like the most beautiful, yeah, quiet. Like I could still hear things, but it was it was just dampened. Yeah, it was dampened. it was dampened. Yeah, yeah, like it's like in sound design, you know, we have the waveform, mm-hmm. and depending on the master level, you can change the decibel level. Mm. So if there's a higher decibel. 
then it means it's louder versus lower, it's lower, right? Mm-hmm. So it it just turned down everything. Everything. I use it all the time now. And I never would have said, oh, I have a sound thing going on, as you've talked about. But of course I do, right? Because if somebody crinkles those chip bags, I lose my mind. So I'm, I don't think I'm that different. But what I found is I just wear them if I'm walking into work mm. because I have to park in a garage and it's really loud. Yeah. And so I'll put them in just to dampen the sound. I, I Sometimes I'm not even listening to music or anything or a book or whatever I'm doing. I'm just, t- just using them for noise canceling. And I find when I'm at work in my office, if I'm having trouble that day concentrating or something like that. And, you know, it's so funny because I think I've found so many ways to mitigate my attention issues. But when I look back on it, as we've been talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have caffeine all the time. And that's what calms me down. You know, I drink so much. Mm. People always she always has a Diet Coke in her hand. And I'm like, yeah, because that's my way or walking. Mom said that I like burned a hole. I worked in the same office as her when I first got on campus. And I would just in the morning, I would be thinking and I'd be walking up and down the hallway saying Mm. hi to people or like walking outside or whatever. So I'm always walking, always moving. And those are ways that I deal with my attention issues. But those AirPods, that's why I suggest it to you because that one is so helpful. Whenever I would study, I always had to have music, but I couldn't have music with words. Mm. Oh, yeah. I always had to have classical music. So I would start that with the AirPods. And now what I've realized is I don't even need the music. I just was using it as noise canceling. I think I was using it as my wall of, of sound. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like I was thinking about you when we were talking about how we cope and asking for that. The other day, you know, Mm. I was, I had a napkin, Mm. a paper napkin. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sitting next to you and I didn't even think about it. And you said, Hey, would it be okay if I got you uh, a regular napkin that didn't crinkle? Yeah. And I was like, cloth one. Yeah. Cloth napkin. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that that's the key when what I didn't know how to do was have a solution. Yeah. Cause if you have a solution, then it's not that person's problem. Right. You're just asking like, can we switch this for this or can we do this instead of this? Yeah. Also, sometimes when you ask somebody for something, they don't know how to fix it. Yeah. And so if you give them the fix or you give them the solution, that might have worked. Yeah. And it puts it on you to like, okay, I'm going to grab the thing for you. No problem at all. Yeah. It really wasn't until these conversations that I was realizing, you know, because again, I don't have as as many sensory things I think as you do, but I do have some. And I'm sure anybody listening to this, you have something that bugs you and you wouldn't think of it as, oh, I have a sensory issue. But if there's something that annoys you Mm -hmm. and it doesn't annoy every single other person, then maybe it's you, right? Maybe, I mean, maybe it's your brain and the way you process information. And so I was thinking though, I really thought about it, actually. I was like, oh, I'm so annoyed she's doing that, right? And then I was like, well, wait, am I annoyed that she's, crinkling that or is it I'm just annoyed I uh, the sound is distracting me from the conversation I think we've talked about that before it's like it was it was taking away Mm -hmm. from my enjoyment of what else was going on because I was so hyper focused on that at that Mm. moment and so then I was thinking though how we've been talking and I said well maybe I can just say what I need it to be right and in a way that like it wouldn't bother me it would it doesn't bother me that you're touching down on your leg 50 bajillion times or whatever you do as your habit that doesn't bother me 
but the noise was what was getting. So it's interesting to kind of think about how do you do it in a gentle way? Yeah. You know, how do you advocate for yourself, but also, you know, do it in a way that is maybe maybe a little more palatable to the other person. Yeah. Or ensures that they understand it's not them. Yeah. Well, and the reason that I wipe my hands so much is that when there's crumbs on my fingers, yeah. I can't hear. It's like we talked about. Wait, what? You can't hear when there's crumbs on your fingers? Yeah, because like it's the same thing with like the oh, lime. Oh, oh, it's the, the sensory of the the crumb. Yeah. So the sensory oh. of the crumb, if I don't wipe off my hands, then I get distracted you, by the crumbs and I can't hear people. The crumbs are the black hole. Yeah. Wow. It's like little mini glitches. Little mini glitches all the time. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me today and opening up and allowing me to open up with you. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it too. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast, everybody. This podcast was hosted by Megan Mayadusky and Michelle Woodward, and it was edited by Megan Mayadusky. Oh. oh, and we really appreciate everything that you guys are doing by listening to us. If you liked it, maybe you might want to share it or give us a rating. Um, that's going to really help us get our message out, and it's also just going to help Michelle and I because we are a two-woman band. Yes. We Making your help happening. So, Absolutely. And you can also reach us on rosiesbrain.com, which has lots of resources and links from the show. Um, and we'll have show notes and whatnot there and all the crazy puzzles and words and sounds. And just be ready because there will be some outtakes oftentimes at the end of podcasts. So make sure to follow us all the way till the end. We hope you're well wherever you're at. And remember, stay compassionate. 